Warning, this podcast features graphic content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello again, Nightmare Society. And welcome to another episode of True Horror Stories. As I mentioned in the last episode, I'm working on creating compilations on the first episodes, which are being phased out by the 100 episode minimum, and they'll be available on YouTube as well as Patreon. So if you're a member of Patreon, you will find your own personal podcast audio feed of the compilations, as well as the normal episodes. This will be available to all Patreon tiers. And if you're in the $5 a month tier, it will also include all the bonus episodes as well. I'm working on rearranging things so that you have one place to listen to them all. Just know I am chipping away at it. And if you would like to listen on YouTube, check out the episode notes and you will find a link there. Or just search for Nightmare Society on YouTube. Speaking of Patreon, I'd like to thank and welcome our newest members of the online campfire, Corey L. and Davian M. Hopefully I pronounced that right, but it's entirely possible that I didn't, and in that case, I apologize. Welcome guys, and we're so glad to have you, and much appreciated. Let's also give a big thanks to our contributors, user Zis2K, user this is not Abby. User Just a Nerd's Throw, User Dylan and Rosa, User Miracle Whip Not Mayo, and Sarah Lynn, aka SMP1123. Thank you all. We very much appreciate you contributing your stories. Also, don't forget that Nightmare Society is a weekly podcast coming out every Thursday. It's available on most pod streamers, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Pocket Cast, CastBox, and more. So, don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can get episode notifications. Oh, and go follow us on YouTube, too. We would uh, appreciate it. Now, get comfy. And prepare yourself for another episode of The Nightmare Society. South Jersey area, pine barrens and all. I hunt and I fish on the regular, and my house is in the woods. I'm used to the sounds and things that regularly happen around New Jersey. I've had two experiences that I could never grasp an explanation for, and that still give me chills. First one was a cold six-day firearm season, and it was opening day. I set my stand up in a new spot a little bit further in than the previous year. I'm following my bright eyes, reflectors, 
to get my stand and it's pitch black and cold. I'm talking like negative four with the wind. Not common in New Jersey, so it's already eerie as I'm walking through the pines. I get about 25 yards from my tree. I stop and light a cigarette. As I'm standing there a mile deep in the pine barrens, alone in the dark, I hear a grunt. Not a deer grunt. I'm saying a full-blown snarl. It stops and goes on for a minute or two. At this point, my shotgun is stacked to the rim, three rounds, and I'm looking towards the noise. It charges me and gets about ten yards out, and I shot once, hitting to the left of it. This sent it off into the darkness, so I figured, get in your tree now. So, I ran for it. I'd say ten yards away from my tree, and I get charged again, this time from the back thrusting me to the ground. I went face down in delusion. Whatever it was hit me and kept going. I stayed in my tree until 10 a.m. when it was bright out. My only description of what the thing could be would be a hog mixed with a goat. It was really freaking terrifying. By the way, we do not have wild boar. I also fish the Great Egg Harbor River regularly, especially striper fishing, which just so happens to land in the fall, which is cold. I walk a trail that used to go to an old shipbuilder manufacturer on the river. I fish the old structure. Bass love structure. However, there is still a remaining building that is standing. Not bad until you go in. So, one day, and a friend of mine are going to catch the outgoing tide. We loaded the truck, drove to the trail, and hiked it about a mile. We get down and set up. Nice nor'easter off the coast, so the conditions are perfect. However, about an hour into some good fishing, the rain came. And if you live in the northeast, you know a nor'easter when it rains, it pours. So we packed up our stuff and headed for the building. Once inside, we set our stuff down and figured, screw it, let's chill for a little bit and explore the rooms. Bad idea in a nor'easter. Crap gets creepy. So we walk up to the second floor where there was a line of rooms on the right and a balcony on the left overlooking the building. As we approached the first door, my friend felt messed up like he didn't want to go anymore, and immediately turned around with a big nope. I like exploring, so I kept on. I checked the first room. Nothing spectacular. Kept walking, checking the room one by one, and I get to the second to the last one, and got this weird sensation in my body. Almost like I received the worst news of my life. I broke down. I mean, I literally broke down. Once I got it together, I headed downstairs where I found that my friend had left and headed for the truck already, leaving all his fishing gear. So I grabbed up everything and ran out, but had to run back to grab my rod holder that I was using as a bum defense. As I looked up at the second story, second window from the end, I saw a child standing in the window. 
scariest crap I've ever encountered. I will never go fishing there again. When I was 10 years old, my grandfather passed away, leaving the old family home to my mother. It was one of those old Victorian homes. It had been in the family for well over a hundred years. The house came with a plot of land in the back that at one point was basically a forest of trees. Me being 10 years old with a huge imagination, I decided it to be the best place to go exploring. As I was exploring, I ran into another girl. I say hello and ask her name and if she lives around here. She said her name was Kay, and she said her house was close by to there. This made me happy to have another kid my age to play with. I asked her if she wanted to play. She agreed. From then on, for a whole year, Kay and I were best friends and played together after school and on the weekends. The only problem was Kay only wanted to play in the forest and wouldn't go anywhere else. But again, I was happy to have a friend, so I didn't question it. But then my other grandfather got sick and was given less than a year to live. Our family moved back to be with him for his final days. He actually lived for another year before we lost him. After a while, my parents and I moved back home. But when I got back, Kay never came over. Days went by and then weeks and months and no Kay. Eventually, I moved on and figured she moved away. It wasn't until 15 years later I realized who Kay really was. My parents decided to move into a retirement community and left the house to me and my fiancé. About a week into moving in, I was going through some old family photos when I got to a picture of my mother, my grandfather, my grandmother, and another girl. But not just any girl. It was Kay. I was positive. I completely freaked out. I took the photo to my mom and asked her to explain, not mentioning that she looked like my old friend. My mother sighed and said she never wanted me to know. But our family had a dark past. The girl in the photo was Catherine, my mother's sister, who went missing when she was 10. No sign of her had ever been found, even over 20 years later. It was suspected that a family member who committed suicide not long after her disappearance was at fault. This messed me up for a while, but I tried my best to move on. But then we had the wildfires that burned down most of the forest in our backyard. Thankfully our house had minimum damages, but the forest was completely toast, literally. We decided to clear out the land, which resulted in a terrifying find. While digging up one of the tree trunks, one of the workers found bones. Human bones. The police were called, and they did their police stuff and determined that the body found belonged to Catherine. They determined she died not long after she went missing. Is this why Kay only wanted to play in the trees? Did she not leave, or did she want me to find her body 
And if so, why didn't she tell me? Thanks to the Clark After Dark podcast for sponsoring today's episode. If you're like me, you blow through your true crime podcasts and are always in the search bar looking for more. Well, I'd advise you to check out a new podcast called Clark After Dark. Husband and wife duo Teresa and Alan Clark bring you true crime tales of killer couples and their deadly deeds. Criminals, I'll have to admit, even I am not familiar with. So if you're interested in hearing some new true crime stories, make sure to head over to the Clark After Dark podcast and have a listen. A forewarning, if you're sensitive to animals being harmed, you may want to skip over this next story. You should be clear at around 17 minutes in. Thank you. I've been debating on whether or not I should share this, but I'm starting to get really freaked out, and I figured it couldn't hurt asking for help. Now, I'll warn you, English is not my first language. I'm a French-Canadian, but I moved to the U.S. about three years ago. I live in a pretty rural area in Michigan, close to the lake, and I'm currently living alone. Both my parents are currently in Canada, taking care of my great-uncle, who was in his late 80s, and they've been gone for a month or so, and probably won't be back until late December. I'm 19, so more than old enough to be alone. But some really odd things have been happening in the last two weeks. It started back in September when my 15-year-old cat, Ginger Snap, went missing. At first, I figured she had passed away, since she was very old and had a few health problems. A few days later, I found her body completely torn to shreds on my back porch. I mean, she was severely mutilated, to the point where I threw up while sobbing hysterically. I came to the conclusion that it must have been a bird of prey, since we have no big owls and hawks where I live. A few days passed, and on October 4th, something odd also happened. I was watching TV around 11pm, and I kept hearing a really fast knocking sound. It would come in sets of five, and then stop for a second, and then restart again. I ended up going outside to investigate, and I couldn't see anyone, but there was a really freaking horrible smell. Then, what happened last night? So, I had woken up at like 3am, which happens sometimes if I had a really messed up dream. So, I walked down the hall to get a drink and probably watch some TV. I got to the fridge, which is right next to the back porch door, and heard someone walking around. I froze up. I stay completely still. I look over to the door and saw a huge shadow. It was kind of crouched on its hands. I don't really think it saw me, but it looked very human-like. It didn't move for like three whole minutes. And neither did I. Finally, it moved, and in the blink of an eye, it was just gone. I ran back to my room and called the police. When they got there, they couldn't find anything. 
but told me there was no way it was a person, since our back porch is suspended about 15 feet in the air, and there was no ladder. I'm completely freaked out, especially since I'm completely alone up here. I don't know much about the supernatural, and I have no idea what this could possibly be, and when it could possibly come back. Something followed me for months. I call it Buddy. It all started in February after I watched the new Invisible Man movie with my family. That night, I had a brief episode of sleep paralysis, which ended when I heard a man's voice next to the bed say, Hello, name. I snapped out of the paralysis and started screaming, woke everybody up in the house, and they all came running. I was shaken up, but I just told them I had the worst episode that I'd had in a long time. For context, this wasn't the voice of the guy from the movie. It wasn't my voice. And it wasn't my mental voice either. Which sounds oddly different from my spoken and recorded voice. I've heard this voice one other time. In another paralytic episode. Where it threatened two of my close friends. The basement, where I was napping, flooded after I woke up. Starting the next afternoon, all kinds of weird things were happening. The stove would turn itself on directly in front of us. Yeah, like in the movie. My compass would drift any time I was alone. My family told me that doors started opening and unlocking at night. Once my mates and I were taking a walk at night, and saw and heard some other strange things. Even weirder was that I knew when all of my pop quizzes were in my classes. I also knew the answers, even if I hadn't studied in one of those classes. I also knew which days Buddy would do something at home again. And sure enough, it was only on those days that my family texted me with fresh stories. Fast forward a few months... At this point, I'm practically living off the caffeine because I'm afraid that if I sleep, I'll hear that voice again or feel him in the room with me. I'm at my wit's end, and every time I walk past the stove, I check the knobs to make sure it's still off. One night, it's not, and I decide that I've had enough. I turn the stove off and just start muttering, Don't you, or what you are. Or why you're here. Get away from me. Get out of my house and get out of my life. Stay away from me and my family and the effing name of Jesus Christ. Get the F away from here and never come back. Nothing's happened since then, and it's been half a year. I don't know exactly what happened in those months, but that's my story. One of them at least. I'm Carrie Ipema. I'm Quinlan Paz. And we have a podcast called Truly Darkly Creepily. 
We think you're going to love it. We think you're really going to... If you don't love it, you'll like it a lot. If And if you don't like it, you'll hate it. But what did you lose, really? What? An hour? You're doing dishes. Relax. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. But don't relax too much. You Those dishes do need to get they done. They do need to be done. If it's true, if it's dark, if it's creepy, we talk about it. It qualifies. We talk cults. We talk heists. We talk paranormal. Kidnappings. Aliens. Ghosts. And murders. Serial killer. You know, the typical fare. More importantly, we have fun. If you want to have fun, come on down. If it's free. What it's are you very losing? casual. <laughs> Wear whatever you want. Show up whenever you want. Hey, no shirt, no shoes. Yes, podcast. So listen to Truly Darkly Creeply wherever you download podcasts. I live in Southern California, near the Mojave Desert. Beyond our backyard is an open desert, which is home to coyotes. We never had a problem with coyotes, and we have a brick wall as a fence in our backyard. Also, I am a believe-it-when-I-see-it type of person. I haven't really put much thought into skinwalkers until fairly recently, thanks to these TikTok videos that only come out at night. Last night I had a weird encounter when I had to let my dog out. It was about 3.06 in the morning, and as usual, after I let her out, I go back to my room and wait for her to bark to be let back in. After about 15 or so minutes, I hear her barking heavily outside. As I went to go check it out, I made a crucial mistake and whistled, as that's how I get her attention and signal her to come back in. She's usually pretty obedient and listens to me, but this time she just wouldn't budge and kept on barking at the corner of our backyard. So I went and investigated what it was she was barking at, and that's when I heard an owl hoot. Pretty normal so far as she's usually easily timid when it comes to noises. As I tried to grab her, that's when I thought I heard a person's voice say, which got me shook, but then I told myself maybe it was just an owl hooting. I went ahead and continued to try and grab my dog, but she ran the opposite way, and this time I heard a very weird-like mimic of an owl hooting, but mixed with a deep human voice. The first thing on my mind was I needed to go back inside and grab a gun, because maybe someone is trying to rob me. But then I also didn't want to leave my dog behind, and it's very unlikely that they'll be able to scale the fence that easily. Now at this time is when I noticed that the air smelled like meat. Meat that was left under the sun for days, mixed with some rotten egg. Then all the Skinwalker videos from TikTok came rushing into my head, and I wondered maybe if I'm overthinking it. So I told myself, Okay, if this is my time, this is my time to go. But I have to grab my dog before I go back inside. Also, during this time, the mimic owl hooting is getting faster, and eventually finally started to sound like an actual owl hooting. I don't know why, but this kind of gave me closure that maybe I was overthinking it. 
I was able to finally grab my dog and I rushed inside and locked the door and went to grab a gun and an emergency flashlight. As I went back outside, I can still smell, but very faintly, that rotten egg meat smell. The hooting finally stopped. I checked the corner and didn't find anything. After being outside for 5-10 to minutes, I decided maybe I'm still half asleep. As I was walking back to go inside the house, I glanced once more at the corner. And I'll never forget how bright the eyes were of the owl staring back at me and the ominous vibe it was giving. I quickly turned my eyes away and went inside the house, locked all the doors, and closed the curtains. I'm not 100% sure what I heard last night, but as I was inspecting the sand from outside of the fence this morning, I didn't see any footprints of any kind. So for now, I'm hoping that maybe it was just a regular owl with throat problems. But I could never forget those ominous bright yellow eyes. Let me just start off and say that I have always been skeptical about the paranormal but recently my mindset has begun to change on that thought. What once was a story to give you slight chills became something that kept me up at night. I was raised in a home where nobody believed in the paranormal. We believed that once you died, you went to sleep before you're awoken by the rapture and taken to heaven where you will be judged. But as I keep doing research, I keep finding things that tell me that the paranormal could in fact be real. Now as I look back on my life, I could see many instances where it has affected me. My first paranormal experience, which I believe to be true, was back when I was at least two or three years old. My family and I were living in Louisville, Kentucky at the time, and I just had my first little brother. Around this time frame, Christmas had just passed and I got some new toys, little toy horses which I absolutely adored. I would sit in the living room and play with those dolls. The way the house was set up was as soon as you walked into the house, you would be in the living room with the kitchen to your right and the master bedroom to the left next to the living room and the doors to the master bedroom, which were barn doors, which could slide open or shut. After the kitchen, there was two other bedrooms and a bathroom. One of these days, I was sitting in the living room playing with my dolls and for some weird reason, no parents were in sight. But I wasn't concerned about that. I was so soaked up with my toys. I was playing, and then all of a sudden I felt something watching me, or felt a presence somewhere. My instincts kicked in, and I looked towards my mother and father's bedroom, and from the barn doors came long, danky-looking fingers. It stayed there for a moment, but then slowly opened the door and then used the other hand to open the other door. It was tall and skinny and naked. No hair whatsoever. Its skin looked like a dark red. To be completely honest, the creature looked like it could have been from the Scooby-Doo movie on Spooky Island, where the creatures will get burned up by the sun. Only, it was daytime here in the middle of the afternoon, and the creature was not burning. 
The creature stood in a doorway looking down at me, and I'm looking up at him. The creature was tall as the doorway, which was only what I could imagine was about two inches away from the ceiling. For some odd reason, I was not frightened of this creature, but looking back, it scares me to think about it. We kept looking at each other in what I can only describe as curiosity. Then it changed, and his face turned into what I can now describe as a cynical smile. Back then, I couldn't understand it and thought he was truly smiling at me. What happened after that is unclear to me as I have no memory after this. He could have erased my memory or something, I'm sure. What was this creature? I couldn't even tell you for sure. And the crazy part is that I remembered everything so vividly. At first, I thought it was just a dream, and me dreaming of a creature coming out of what could have been my mom and dad's room. Years later, I was talking to my mom and I asked her if the house setting was exactly like this, and she told me it was. It was crazy how vivid this was. I can remember this creature almost clearly. I can remember exactly where I was sitting and I couldn't give you the exact details of how he exactly looked, but my brain can only comprehend of seeing the monster from that Scooby-Doo movie. Although, now that I come to think of it, I think the Scooby-Doo movie actually came out after I had seen the creature, and my mind just combined the two together as I got older. It still scares me to this day, and for a long time I thought it was over and I didn't even think anything about it. But many of the things keep happening and I don't know if it's connected to the paranormal. Several years after this happened, we moved from state to state and found a way to Stockdale, Texas. At this time, I had five younger siblings. One of my siblings and I were like water and oil. We did not mix well together. So we would get on each other's nerves all the time. One morning after waking up, I saw what I thought was my brother at the end of my bed staring at me, but he seemed different. He seemed paler, and his eyes were slightly red. I thought maybe he was just a little off that day, or maybe I wasn't seeing correctly. I tried to go back to sleep, but he kept poking at my feet and messing with me. I kept telling him to stop, but he just kept on doing it and smiling at me. Finally, I got angry with him and I tried to jump and tackle him, but I went through him and landed on the second bed to the side of my bed. He was nowhere to be seen. Shook, I ran outside to see my family was outside taking care of the farm that we were living on. I asked my little brother why he was messing with me earlier and how he got out there so quickly. He said that he had not been inside the house for a while. I said I just saw you in there and my mom came over and said, he's been out here with me for the past hour and a half. You were inside all by yourself. That really shook me. Inside that house, many other things happened such as cans being flung across the table, and sounds of walking outside my bedroom door sometimes at night, and it didn't stop there. Many years later, we moved into what is now our home. The first month we were there, we were already set up in the kitchen and I was doing dishes while everybody was outside. I was putting up dishes when a cup fell off the table. I thought maybe I had bumped it, so I turned around and picked it up, and all of a sudden something hard hit me in the back of the head. I turned around to try and see what it was, and to my shock, it was a rock that was on the windowsill, 
The window sill's design was that it's flat. There's no way for it to come and hit me in the back of the head as hard as it did without someone picking it up and throwing it at me. I was extremely scared, so I ran out of the house to be with my family. After that, it stopped for a while. But recently, another thing happened, and I think it's back. The other day, I was doing dishes again and putting up dishes. I turn around and all of a sudden, a bowl, which was set out on a flat surface, again was thrown at me. I don't know what's going on and why it's doing this, but now at night I lay down to go to sleep in my new house that I just bought, which is a fifth wheel camper that I bought from a lady in Austin, which had some sketchy stuff in it when I bought it. At night I would lay down and I feel like something's watching me. I don't know if that's paranoia or me, but it's scary now to sleep. I feel like eyes start drilling into my soul as I try to sleep. I don't know why I have something following me and doing this stuff to me. And I know people will say it's just your imagination to grow up already. But it's getting really weird now after getting this house. I feel like sometimes there's something in here with me. The other night I thought I heard footsteps walking in the lower half of my camper. It scares me to think that this place could be haunted. I don't know if it's paranoia or the paranormal, but whatever it is, I don't want it around here anymore, and I don't want it to show itself again. Don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, and share. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time. Sweet dreams.